The Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Annex Wealth Management is a proud member of the Barron's Top Advisor List and the Financial Times Top 300. Know the difference. It's Team Tech Trust. And good morning and welcome to the show. Know the difference. Team Tech Trust at Annex Wealth Management, a Barron's Top Advisor, four-time member of the Financial Times Top 300, a fee-only fiduciary partner. 8 o'clock hour in Naples on a beautiful Sunday morning. The uh, Daily News Half Marathon got going at 7 this morning. We're not figuring, well, maybe the best runners or the fastest runners are finishing up. But we want to say hey to the support crews because we know a lot of you get out there and uh, you watch your runners. So nice to have you here. My name is Danny Clayton. Joining me is Derek Felsky, Chief Investment Officer, Annex Wealth Management. Hey. Good morning. Mark Oswald, good morning. Chief Compliance Officer at Annex Wealth Management. Good morning, guys. And over to you, Dave Spano, President and CEO, Annex Wealth Management. I think you're like me. I'm not a runner. My dad was a runner. My son is a runner. It skipped a generation. I'm fine with that. Yeah, no, you, I, you'd rather be on a golf course. I'd be, yeah, or you know, sometimes I run about three thirty in the morning and then I go back to bed. You know, but, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, right. Just, yeah, down, just yeah, down the hall. Just down the hall, and I come back. But yeah, there's a lot of news going on for certain. Uh, this was another big week for the investment markets. Uh, we crossed and stayed above twenty nine thousand, uh, you know, touching twenty nine three fifty early in the day on Friday, and so we were we were uh, pretty happy with where things are going. A lot of economic news that uh, was was newsworthy, of course, was China uh, in phase one being signed. And that was a big deal because we talked about this wall of worry for a long time. And now we have that behind us and then followed up right away by the USMCA, which is the United States-Mexico-Canada agreement. Two big uh, trade policies put in the rearview mirror. So really good news. Then, of course, we have to move to strong economic news, Derek, that we saw this week. Yeah, this week we saw a very good housing starts number, and housing is really important because it isn't just an indication of housing demand. It also affects lots of under, uh, other industries like you know landscaping, appliance sales, and the rest. Uh, we saw a decent manufacturing number, and despite the fact PMI has been uh, going down, which is more of an expectation survey, actual industrial production and manufacturing production rose in December. They also rose in November, so the economy remains on good footing. And then, of course, retail sales mark uh, on Thursday were, were pretty pretty strong despite some disappointing sales from companies like Target and the rest uh, the consumer continues to be fairly confident in spending their growing wages well for sure and we always look at the consumer and that's why we look at retail sales is you know is the consumer out there spending money and so we look at you know where are they spending it are they spending it online are they going to the brick and mortar companies but when the when consumers making more money and people are employed and people in our communities and economies are out there spending that that's good for the economy good for companies that make up that sector of the of the uh, Economy. No question. And the other thing, speaking about economy, is earnings, right? Earnings are started, and that is really good. We saw some bank earnings this week, but as earnings season kicks in, we're expecting some better earnings in 2020, not what we're going to see right now, though. Well, for sure. When you start thinking about comparables, I mean, that's where we go, guys, is you look at 2018 versus 2017. Those were big numbers because it was just an easier bar to get over. 
2019, you know, we kind of had flat earnings because the numbers were so outstanding in 2018. Now you look at earnings growth, guys, for companies in 2020 and what the expectations are. Maybe flat here in the fourth quarter as we move forward, but into 2020, when you look, Dave, at forward expectations of what companies are going to make in 2020, those could be some healthy numbers. And they could be some healthy numbers. It's not po- it is possible, Derek, that some of this earnings have been pulled forward uh, already in the expectations that we're going to have good earnings in 2020. Yeah, and, and that's why you know we spend most of our time focusing on guidance. Um, the expectation currently is for an increase of about 5% Q1 over Q1 of last year, Q2, 6%, and for the year, about 9%. So that's a pretty healthy earnings trajectory and one that the analysts have been fully uh, incorporated into their revised expectations. And you think about it, you know, they were talking about a 9% earnings growth in 2020, and we've seen that earnings uh, usually come out and the analysts come out, and they've been pretty aggressive, uh, Derek, but now we see that, you know, that's the expectation. We'll see where we go from here. Yeah, I mean, the biggest the biggest challenge I've seen in the markets recently has been, you know, CEO confidence has been at a low level, uh, only 40% bullish about the economy into 2020. Which but is that shocking. Was, it's yeah, shocking to me. But really. that was before we had a resolution on trade. You know, and you have to wonder whether the political dialogue is also right. affecting their thought processes, right? Ideas of higher taxes going forward and the rest. So as CEO confidence starts to rebound, I would expect that to be eventually reflected in analyst earnings expectations. If 2020 is the year that you'd want to put things in a sharper focus and you would like to work with a fee-only fiduciary partner like Annex Wealth Management, we suggest you head to our website, AnnexWealth.com. Check us out. uh, Explore a little bit. Read about our team. Read about our philosophy. uh, Do a couple of different things. You can click that Get Started button. That is very important. That begins the process of getting that absolutely free portfolio analysis. We do that as a complimentary service. Again, AnnexWealth.com. Click that. That get started button. Back in a bit, this is the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. In the Wall Street Journal's list of questions to ask your financial advisor, the first one is, are you a fiduciary and are you willing to put that in writing? We will. Our team of investment, tax, and estate planners will clean up your overlapping, inefficient portfolio and make sure your plan is clear and coordinated as your fee-only partner. Go to AnnexWealth.com, hit the Get Started button, start the process. I'm Dave Spano, and I hope we see you soon. Cut through the clutter with Axiom, the weekly newsletter from Annex Wealth Management. Subscribe today for seven insights built and delivered to you every Sunday. It'll help you navigate the markets and the things that affect your money. The Axiom. Sign up at AnnexWealth.com. Custom-tailored investment and retirement planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. Know the difference? It's Team Tech Trust, Team Segment, Deanne Phillips, CFP, CDFA, Director of Client Learning and Development at Annex Wealth Management. Hey, Deanne. Hey, Danny. You want the good news or the bad news? Oh, the good news, please. Oh, thank you. Okay, here's the good news. Women outlive their male counterparts by six to eight years. Now, I don't know if my husband would think yeah. that's good news. Well, I know, and I'm a guy <laughs> delivering that news. The bad news is, is that women tend to wind up as the caregivers for ailing parents or significant others. Not to mention children, too. Right. With that in mind, it's not 
a surprise that a 2019 Trusts and Estates Women and Wealth survey found women aren't starting their planning nearly early enough. I'm preaching to the choir. Right. No, the, uh, you absolutely are. That's very true. You never know when an incident will hit. But unfortunately, the survey showed that over 50% of women wait until something happens, death, divorce, disability, something major in their lives, where they take a look and say, oh my gosh, I better engage help. I mean, more good news on the women front, though, is... Women as a whole tend to be more comfortable initially asking for help. Mm. It's just they're not asking and planning early enough right now statistically. They're waiting until there's emotional turmoil going on. And it's very difficult to do the kind of decisioning that is really needed for long-term financial planning when you're in that going through that emotional turmoil. Is this a version of when a guy won't stop and ask for directions? Yes, right? that's it, good. It that's kind true. Of is. How about this? Is this stat true? 80% of women die single, and that could mean widowed, yeah. meaning they're left to foot their own medical and... You, Long-term care, especially if long-term care has been depleted, maybe for caring for a spouse. You know, what's really unfortunate is the average age of widowhood still stands in the late 50s, like 58, 59 years old. And that's so young. But, you know, that statistic, when you think about it, pretty daunting, you know, because at that point, you're already going to be, if you stay single, down a Social Security check. I mean, think about it. You and I are married. We both have our working. By the time we have that retirement together, we've got double the Social Security income at least coming in. So there definitely needs to be contingency planning that happens kind of to get women prepared for this outlivingness way before they're 50 years old. Now, if you're listening out there and like me, you say, whoops, I missed that target. What Mm -hmm. do I do? It's never too late to start. Um, This is why we give the Women in Wealth workshops that we do, Danny, and why Annex has such a, a long term good relationship with education in general, particularly of women. The topic is women that aren't starting their financial planning, retirement planning nearly early enough. And I've got to ask WWDP, which is, <laughs> what would Deanne Phillips do? What do you suggest? Sure. So I have some suggestions first off. We need to have access to that emergency fund, putting that money away that we can tap into at any time. Women as a whole, we like cash as a whole, but we need to be good custodians of that cash and put it to work smartly. So there are resources that can keep the money liquid, but uh, can continue to have you safe. So that emergency fund. Know your credit also. Know the credit of your spouse too. Very important. That will guide, you know, if there is something that changes your status in the future, your accessibility to housing, to utilities, all that. You got to keep, know your credit score, keep it good. There are ways to improve it. So a spouse's 820 credit score is not the other spouse's, huh? It's not necessarily so, no. So you need to check them both. Um, Have a centralized location for your very important papers. So, you know, we here at Annex have something that we call what my family needs to know or grab and go binder. Mm -hmm. That's electronic writable PDF where people can put in things like if you and I are married again, Danny, go Mm -hmm. back to this and you pay all the bills online. Let's see. This would be my chance to be able to capture what's the URL you go to? How much do you pay? How does this work? Right? What's your password? Right? What's your username when you log in? These are really important things. But a lot of times one spouse takes care of the budgeting. The other might take care of the investments. And this is just a chance before tragedy or before a life-changing thing to coordinate those efforts. And it's not too late, right? If somebody needs to reach out to your financial planner, uh, establish a relationship with a good fiduciary for sure. 
sure, like Annex Wealth Management, right. and get that stuff in place and in order because it's super duper important. That's really important. So we're not going to um, sit there and say, wow, there's somebody who's fearful in front of us. Let's sell them a product against that. The, it, it, we as a fiduciary are not going to push a product. We're going to do comprehensive financial planning for you and partner with you in your success and make sure that your ducks are in a row for things. Um, you know, one final thought, too, is care of pets. Sometimes we forget about this, but I inherited a house that actually had a parrot. A parrot came with it that was loose in the house. That was rather interesting. Uh, we had to, of course, find some accommodations for that bird. Uh, but caring for your pets that can live longer, potentially, than even you is very important also. We are working on an event for Naples. It, we're very excited about it. Still need to determine the location, but you do have a date. We do. So February the 11th, and the topic is going to be a women's guide to financial self-defense. So really understanding uh, the difference between fiduciary and non, the products that are out there, and it can be very overwhelming, Danny, right? So what we're going to do is talk through a couple scenarios and things that you should focus on in those scenarios, questions you should ask in those scenarios to help focus people down, particularly women. It's a guide for women, but women can bring their significant others too. February 11th. 11th. February 11th. So coming up pretty quick, more details on 92.5 Fox News about that. As with all of our workshops, absolutely free. You do not have to be an Annex client. That's correct. This is a commitment to community education. And you can meet Deanne Phillips, CFP, CDFA, and Director of Client Learning and Development at Annex Wealth Management. Thanks for your time. Hey, thanks for having me. Annex Wealth Management cares about Southwest Florida. Since its founding 20 years ago, the Naples Children and Education Foundation has been improving the lives of at-risk children in Collier County. In previously overlooked pockets of the community, the Naples Children and Education Foundation makes sure that kids have access to quality early education, proper medical care, and basic nutrition. To fund these services, the foundation created the world-renowned Naples Winter Wine Festival, which features a thrilling live auction. More recently, festival announced an online auction to give more people in the community a chance to participate. You can bid on weekend beach getaways, trips to Napa Valley, rare and exclusive wine collections, golf outings, tickets to sporting events, and much more. You could win a fabulous auction package while helping the most vulnerable children in our community. Please go to nwwfonlineauction.com and start bidding. The online auction will be open from January 20th through the 28th, so don't wait. Again, visit nwwfonlineauction.com and help the Naples Children and Education Foundation improve the lives of kids in our community. Thanks from Annex Wealth Management. Planning and investment insight from a fee-only fiduciary, and we put that in writing. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. Time for Ask Annex, and of course, as always, if you got a question for us, head to AnnexWealth.com. Look for that Ask button. We'll get going right away. Got some great ones. Our first one is from Gary. With a reduction in federal income tax rates for individuals, are you seeing an increase in the conversion of IRA accounts to Roth accounts, and what factors affect the decision? Well, that's a really good question, and as we all know, there was a fiscal change about two years ago, right. and we saw a change in income tax rates, Mark, and with that, there's a lot of planning that can happen for, one, a conversion to a Roth. We think about things historically, right? When you think about tax rates, and when you're making that decision about conversion of a Roth IRA, which doesn't get taxed down the road versus something that gets taxed now, that's really the question is, what is the tax rate going to be 10 years from now or 20 years from now? So you're kind of betting against the tax rate. 
when you get a tax cut like we got, guys, I mean, right now it's such a historically low tax rate that paying taxes right now on maybe some of that IRA really makes a lot of sense. You, you can look at the entire IRA and say, how much of this can I convert without going into the next marginal tax bracket? And that might be the answer for converting right now. Get some of those dollars post-tax by converting them now and then get them into a Roth and never pay taxes again. Okay, but you said that really the most salient part of that is right now we are at historically low federal income tax rates. That is the key because if income tax rates change down the road, then you've taken it out and paid taxes at, for example, 20%, maybe down the road it's 30%, then that's where you get the leverage. Absolutely, and so it's the known versus the unknown. Right now we know what the tax rates are going to be. We can plan around that. We can calculate how much can we convert from the IRA to the Roth IRA, knowing how much tax we're going to pay, if any, on that conversion, and then you've got them in Roth dollars, and you, you've taken out the unknown from the equation. And of course, you know, you look at, for, for example, the federal deficit, and obviously the need for more revenue uh, by, the, by the federal government, I don't think that ever goes away, but there's always going to be a situation where they need more revenue, and that's going to come from higher tax rates. And one more thing on this question before we move on, the SECURE Act is going to impact this because IRAs are treated differently in estate plans than Roth IRAs are. So converting and getting into a Roth IRA makes sense from an estate planning perspective as well. Here's one from Brian. I'm planning to retire within the next 10 years. What does fee-based help from you mean? How would I pay a financial fiduciary is something I don't understand. For others my age, they have a financial planner, but then invest in Roth IRAs with that planner. So is that how that planner gets paid? I'm confused on this part. Hope to get clarification from you. Thanks. Look forward to you enlightening me. You know, Dave, we've been dealing with this question for all of our careers is, you know, how do you get paid? And there's a huge difference. And I think that's the challenge is for people to understand the difference between a fee-only fiduciary advisor and comprehensive wealth management and what they do for that fee versus somebody who's selling Roth IRAs and earning a commission. Well, it's funny because uh, oftentimes we meet with prospective clients and they're wondering if this meeting is going to cost, you know, how much this is going to cost me, how much, you know, you should lead with this conversation. It's an important part of it. How do you get paid? And most financial advisors who work on commissions do not do that. That's for sure. And what they're hoping to do is sell you something down the road as part of the financial plan. They'll create a financial plan for you. And voila, at the end of the financial plan comes either a life insurance sale or an annuity sale or, you know, a big portfolio of mutual funds that come with big commissions. And and that's a problem because it creates a bias. Of course, there's a conflict of interest in doing that. So when you're looking at a fiduciary fee-only advisor, it's somebody who gets paid along the way as they provide comprehensive wealth management services, including asset management, retirement planning, tax planning, estate planning, and everything that goes with that. Well, let's parse those words, fiduciary and fee-only. I think it's very important. Well, those are two different concepts. I mean, fee-only is a commitment to saying we will never earn a commission in your account. So we never have that bias of, hey, I need to sell you something during this meeting to make sure that you know the bosses know that I got paid or there's some revenue in the cash register from this meeting. And by the way, about you know 70, I read about around 70% of financial advisors wear both hats. Yeah. So once in a while, they're, they're going to charge a fee, fee-based, not fee-only, and once in a while, they're going to charge commissions. And how do you know when that hat is on and when it's off? And, and I don't know the answer to that because it's so hard when you have a dual registrant who's charging a fee in some relationship, some parts of the relationship, and a commission in another. So fee only is a big distinction. And fiduciary versus non-fiduciary is another big distinction. You want to work with a fiduciary. And how do you know about that? You ask them to put it in writing. 
we got about a minute left on Ask Annex, and if you got a question for us, just head to AnnexWealth.com. Look for the Ask button. This one is from John. Oh, boy. What worries you the most right now? Well, I think um, when, when I think about a market that's advanced as much as this one has, you know, you, you kind of have to approach it from a contrarian point of view and think about where the consensus lies. And one of our research partners recently did a survey, and they found that 85% of the respondents felt that President Trump would be reelected. Now, while, you know, I'm not suggesting anything politically here, the fact of the matter is that Trump is certainly more pro-growth than some of the Democratic opponents. And any thought that perhaps he would lose uh, may cause the market to react negatively because that's a potential exists for a rollback of those corporate tax cuts and the like. Uh, so that's essentially the things, to, the two things I worry about, that plus any sort of shortfall in the economic growth. That's Ask Annex. To get a question for us, head to AnnexWealth.com. We're Barron's top advisor, a four-time member of the Financial Times Top 300. AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Get that free portfolio analysis. And while you're there, sign up for the Axiom, which is our free weekly newsletter. This is Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management, where we ask you to know the difference. The Wall Street Journal has published a list of questions to ask your financial advisor. The very first one is, are you a fiduciary and are you willing to put that in writing? We've been asking people listening to our show to do that for years. That's just one of the ways to know the difference between financial advisors. People come to us every day with what I call a mishmash. Statements here and there, overlapping investments, no consolidation. Annex Wealth Management can clean that up and put it in order. Our team of investment, tax, and estate planners will work to make sure your plan is clear and coordinated. If this makes sense to you, or if you want a second opinion on your investments and retirement planning, go to AnnexWealth.com. You can learn more there, or simply hit the Get Started button and start the process. AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference. I'm Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. I hope we see you soon. Cut through the clutter with Axiom, the weekly newsletter from Annex Wealth Management. Subscribe today for seven insights built and delivered to you every Sunday. It'll help you navigate the markets and the things that affect your money. The Axiom. Sign up at AnnexWealth.com. Planning and investment insight from a fee-only fiduciary, and we put that in writing. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. We're back Sunday morning, January 19th, the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. I'm Danny Clayton. Mark Oswald is here. Derek Felsky, our chief investment officer, and David J. Spano. And uh, this show is brought to you by what? The letter T. The Excellent. Letter T. Yeah, remember, you can. everyone remembers back at Sesame Street, even though that was 50 years ago, right? <laughs> the show was brought to you by a particular letter. I think we need to talk about T and the Trillion Dollar Club, Mark. Well, for sure. When you start thinking about it, it's just amazing, guys. When you think about the capitalization of some of these companies, who would have ever thought that you could get a tech company that would have a capitalization that would start in the trillions of dollars? And now that roster is starting to get a pretty full. we got a couple of companies, Dave, that, that are in that trillion dollar club. Yeah, four of them. And, and, and ironically, a lot of them are the FANG members, yeah, right. right, Derek? And so why don't you rattle off the billionaire boys, or should I say the trillionaire boys? Club. Well, on Friday, Google uh, was the fourth company to reach a trillion dollars in market cap, joining Apple and Microsoft. Amazon briefly touched above a trillion dollar market cap and is just below it. But what it really illustrates is that, that is in a world where 
where growth has been relatively slow and tepid, companies that can actually grow sales at an above market rate can reach incredible valuations in an environment where interest rates remain very low. All right, let's just do a really primer course here. When we talk about market capitalization, what does that mean for the listener? Well, what it means is, you know, you have any number of indexes and they're basically market cap weighted. So the bigger your market cap, the bigger your allocation in that particular ETF index fund or index. And the thing that's interesting to me is Apple, for example, is now the largest market cap company in the S&P. It's the largest market cap cap company in the NASDAQ, and it's just about to become the largest market cap company in the Dow, and that would be the first time in history that a single company had the largest weighting in all three of those indices. Which is unbelievable, and Mark, you think about it, and people are listening and say, well, I don't own individual shares of Apple, for example, but maybe you do. Yeah, it's an excellent point, because you, know, you think about just ETFs, exchange-traded funds that are out there, you look at like SPY, which is supposed to mimic the S&P 500, and you think about an, an ETF manager that has to go out and continue to buy more Apple shares or Microsoft shares. or Even at this price. At this price, because you're trying to keep up with the index. And as that Apple becomes a bigger and bigger piece of that index, that ETF manager has an obligation to try to go out there and mimic it. You need a and bigger bite of the Apple. That's right, exactly. And so you're creating this demand for a stock that is already appreciated quite a bit, but that, Derek, continues to drive those stocks in part higher because of the institutional buying of those shares. It does. And I you know, I'm a big fan of ETFs. I think they're a, a great tool for investors to take advantage of, particularly because of the low costs involved in, in mimicking these indexes. But at some level, indexes are a structure that was 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 thought about, and sometimes market cap weighted indexes do well, and that's when these big companies are outperforming the index itself. I mean, one of the big risks with this, you know, as these companies continue to grow in market cap, is they dramatically affect the overall performance of that index. So, if there was a cycle in which rapid sales growers are not favored in a period of low interest rates, then that particular index will struggle. You know, the other thing, guys, that really leads me to is to your point, Dave, is you. Might say, you might be sitting this morning and saying, I don't own Apple, or I do own Apple, but I also have this ETF. So maybe you're overweight Apple more than you're comfortable and with. And how would someone find that out? That's exactly the point, because it, unless you really sit down and go through that portfolio review and go through that x-ray, it's difficult, especially when people sometimes will look at it in an account-by-account, position-by-position basis, instead of looking at a complete family, complete household, and say, let's take all of the IRAs and the Roth IRAs and the non-qualified and the trust accounts and the pensions and the 401ks and put them all together and do a true asset allocation and then x-ray that and say, what do you truly own in comparison to your risk tolerance? That's the healthy exercise. When you start to see companies like this get into the trillion dollar club, it's important that you're sensitive to what your exposure is to those individual companies in your portfolio because if they go the other way, you don't want to suffer those consequences. And of course, and how, how it connects all together, Mark, not only with just your investment portfolio, but does it affect your estate plan? plan, how is it going to your tax plan? All of this comes together, you know, your distribution plan out of your portfolio to support your lifestyle. All of these pieces are working together. And you can head to AnnexWealth.com, click that Get Started button. While you're there, sign up for the Axiom, which is our free weekly newsletter. You don't have to be a client for that. Also, check out the Annex Wealth Management YouTube channel. There's a lot of talk about the SECURE Act, how it could affect your investment plan, how it could affect your estate plan. We've got a couple of really terrific pieces sitting there at Annex Wealth's YouTube channel. Again, head to AnnexWealth.com, click that Get Started button. We're a Barron's Top Advisor, a four-time member of the Financial 
Times Top 300 and a fee-only fiduciary partner. For Mark Oswald, Derek Felsky, and Dave Spano, have a great week. We will see you in a week. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.